Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of MTG Rants. I'm Dan and Grace, and as always, I'm joined by Ross Merriam. And Ross, I'm actually home, like, in my house. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's yeah. so strange. Uh, for, like, what, the, the third day in the last month? Something like that. And I'm, I'm literally booking my next event as well. I have to go to San Jose uh, later, sometime next. I don't even freaking know half the time anymore. Also, I don't want to say anything about this one in case it doesn't happen. But I have another thing in the works where it would be like another trip that I'm going to do. So let's hope that one happens. But there's a lot of negotiation going on there and et cetera, et cetera. Like I'm having to take a pay cut and I'm like willing to take some pay cut, but not a huge pay cut, you know, kind of thing. It's like you have to have some respect, you know, but like getting my foot in the door would be nice, you know, kind of thing. I mean, maybe some people can infer what that's about from it, but I'm not going to come out and say anything. But um, I just heard Rob screaming in the background a second ago, right before we went live, because uh, we're recording this, what is it, uh, 9 p.m. your time on Thursday night. So Thursday night football's on and the Bengals are playing. I know he's a big fan, but uh, yeah. I actually just spent the entire weekend with Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's doing the coverage down there. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he always uh, he always uh, watches with his friends from back home and, and you, you can tell like when they're doing well. physically or are they like in a call or? Uh, on a Discord call. I do the same thing yeah. for certain games. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but it, it was funny on, on week one, Chris and I were in the living room just watching whatever games were on and they eventually go to the Bengals game because it went late. They were in overtime yeah. and we just, we realized pretty quickly that our feed was like 30 seconds ahead of Rob's feed. So oh. we just knew what to, what sounds to expect. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. trying to stay very quiet, not give it away to him. And then we we're like, we, you know, when they, somebody missed a field goal they didn't want we're like oh he's gonna yell about this yes. <laughs> we're just like leaning against the door <laughs> yeah it was great uh yeah that's i mean all that stuff's gonna be great um it's gonna be interesting to hear this season because like the Bengals aren't having the start they really expected being a defending super bowl appearance team well you know, they so. have the start most people expected because they definitely overachieved to reach that super bowl and they did do enough to solve their one major issue, which is their horrible offensive line. Offensive line, yeah, yeah exactly. But it's one of those things, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, the playoffs are a lot about, like, who gets hot at the right time. I mean, look, look at the even hot. They just winning. won two, like, three ridiculously close games in a row. Yeah, it still can be considered hot. I mean, winning yeah. close games is very difficult. Like Winning close games is high, is a high variance. That's, that's what I mean. Like, sport, winning yeah. three in a row is, like, extremely difficult. Like, one small thing goes wrong for you, the game goes the, the entire other way. I, I wouldn't say difficult, because then it implies that's that the, teams that do the, win yes. lots of games are, yes. you know, are I, highly skilled, and that's just I not tried true. To, I didn't phrase that correctly, but you, you get yeah. what I'm trying to say, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, that, that in baseball, they use one-run games usually as the metric. In uh, football, it's like seven-point or less games, and in basketball, they usually use, like, five points or less or something, um, you know, to define those and you know every year it really shows that, that there's not much uh you know correlation year to year in your record in those close games you know that there were like two or three teams in basketball for some reason that just like defied that like the celtics for several years just like won an inordinate number of close games people were trying to figure out if like brad stevens was doing something differently if he's just a genius or something yeah no, nobody could figure anything out there, but they, they were oh, like it's just defying the statistics for a few years. Yeah. Oh, it's just luck. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this weekend was interesting, though. I got to hang out with Rob a little bit. It felt like the old SCG days. It was like, you know, the typical flesh and blood crew, but it was it was Rob, Brian Gottlieb, and I. And then, like, yeah. Jerry Thompson showed up at one point. It was, like, hanging out. Uh, you know, your friend Emma was there. It was cool. I got to meet her in the flesh for the first time, even though 
we were both in the same airport at the same time. We were both in Heathrow at the same time, like like a month yeah. or two ago when I was in like Europe, but like didn't really have time to kind of meet up. I was like, I have to go to, you know, catch like four other trains to go to like a whole other country and all this stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, got to hang out and stuff. And Rob, uh, so there's this joke that at least like once a show, it, they try to do it now without like overtly trying to do it, where one of the co-commentators, uh, we, we call it breaking tannin. Where like you say something so ridiculous or so funny that like I can't speak for five to ten seconds, like I'm just broken, you know. So like what PCLA would do to Cedric? Yes, yeah, like or the how many GPs have you? Yeah, played in how moment when you just you, you literally almost fell out your chair. Like I wish I wish I had recorded that uh, <laughs> like visually and stuff. And so uh, it did happen this weekend. Except Rob was the one that did it, and uh, I don't remember uh, Brian and I were doing. You know, like sometimes, I'm, you know, you've done commentary now, but and this is the sign of like an, an, a good commentary team that has like some some chemistry or like you're just okay at your job is like we had a, we had a match or two this weekend that were on the boring side. They were very deterministic. It's, you know, a deck that is very much designed to beat a specific deck and it just takes a long time to do it. So you have to like think like yeah. when blue white control has a real grip on the game back in the day and it's like revving multiple times with like elixir and like trying to find its one of win condition and the, and the opponent is just playing it out because like in fab everybody just plays it out and it was in a top eight and so like we're just sitting there watching it happen and uh you know we're going through it we're going through the motions and i don't remember what it was i said something and like it was something about like you know Gottlieb, like you're stuck with me or whatever and he's like not dan like i could replace you pretty easily you know something along those lines i remember exactly it was in rob in our ear so the people at home can't hear it you know he has the button where he can talk to us and he goes <clears throat> he's like yeah tannin brian only wants winners or something, and it just in in the context of it, I just really wasn't ready to get a second place joke like yeah. in the middle of a match, and I just lose it. I have to like slam on the uh, the mute button, and so I just go quiet. And then like Brian's laughing too, so he has to explain it to everybody at home. He's like, uh, "Our director whispered a little something in her ear and broke Tannen, so we'll be back in a minute." <laughs> or whatever. So I'm, like literally falling out of my chair. And, like I'm, I'm very glad they didn't bring the camera back into the booth for a moment, but I just lost it. And so uh, y'all might have seen Rob tweeting about how I have to put up with him or whatever during the shows, and just not only funny, but God, he's so good at a job too. Oh yeah, I was I was pretty jealous. I, it kind of made me wish that I had gone and you know hung out. Should have. Uh, I, I was doing commentary for Mana Traders last yeah, weekend, they so gotten, they could have gotten literally anybody else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they could have, but then I wouldn't have made the money, Tannen. I would have paid you. <laughs> yeah, okay. If, so next fab event that is within yeah. a, a short drive of Roanoke, you if you pay me four hundred dollars to, to hang out. Oh, was that much? Okay, I thought I didn't know it was that much. Yeah. <laughs> but I was gonna say like I, you know, you could have like I, I had a freaking empty bed, in my hotel room, you know, like it, 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 we could have worked this out. So if yeah. you come stumbling in at like two in the morning, I would have literally hit you in the face or something because <laughs> I need I need to sleep during these events and get really tired. Yeah, but yeah. that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Had a crazy weekend. Other than that, like you know, it was really good, uh, really good action. Uh, the deck that won was fucking wild, like utterly wild from just a sicko. Uh, a guy named Michael Hamilton who has, I think, three invitational top eights. Remember right? But he's one of those guys that's like very unassuming. He's the one that like slips through. You know, every top eight there's like the four or five big names, and there's like the three names. You're like, I don't recognize those, so like my brain doesn't pay attention. It's like he's the guy every time in yeah. like that other, you know, that other thing because like. Gottlieb mentioned he was like, yeah, I feel like I should recognize this guy more from his days of like magic, but like he's just very quiet, very respectful, like very much to himself, like not bo- like the opposite of me, you know, like not boisterous at all, and like he just he's just a stone cold killer in the game. He ended up winning it all. That was that was really fun. 
um, I'll say crazy weekend. We, we caught it on camera. Somebody bought a, uh, they're called alpha boxes. So it's like the first print of the original boxes. And if you get certain cards out of them, they're worth a lot of money. And somebody opened, uh, like while I was just standing there, we all opened a few packs. He's like, yeah, do you want to open this? And like commons out of it are worth like 20 and $30. You know, it's like, I think the, the alpha box is like 1500 bucks or something like 2k, something like that. And he opened the fabled card in it, which is like 13 to 15 K just like, you know, you're, you're very much not guaranteed to ever open one of these. I've never opened a fabled in the game. And he opened like that one, you know, it's all special foily and stuff. So that was a moment where every one of the conventions that are heard us, cause there was a lot of yelling, you know, someone just opened a Lotus pretty much is what happened, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And so it was pretty nuts. Speaking of Lotus, uh, that got mentioned today in magic a little bit. Um, Everybody, again, this is the 29th. We had, we were going to record this out earlier in the day. You know, you're probably not used to hearing us talking about recording at like 9 p.m. at night. But Ross was like, yeah, hey, I'm ready to record. And then I was like, yeah, they have this announcement thing in a few hours. Let's just wait till after that. By the way, yeah. did, did you win your, did you win your softball game that you played in between? Oh, God, no. Who oh, <laughs> played a softball game? <laughs> You're a funny tannin. We did not. I'm, I'm, I'm a funny tannin, or I'm funny tannin. You're funny tannin. Yes. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, that's something that came up today. So let's go ahead and talk about the the announcement that happened today and some of the spoiler cards that came out. I think it's going to be a little bit of a faster episode than usual. Nothing wrong with that. You know, we're just going to get to the good stuff today and just go over that. So uh, for people who didn't realize, there was a little bit of a spoiler for Brothers War today, or the hashtag is MTG Bro. Am I, am I seeing that correctly? Was not really expect to see MTG Bro? Yes, BRO is the set code for Brothers War. Yeah, and so um, lots of cool things going on in this booster. Um, I have a feeling that there's a chance this set is very good and impactful for Standard, which should be big because you know next year I think Standard's going to try to make a big comeback. Uh, it looks like it's going to be artifact themed, and there's a lot to this. So. Um, the things that we know about the Brothers War is they're going to be doing the pre-release before the online release again. So it looks like the pre-release events are going to be happening in November 11th through 17th. And then the Magic Online release is on the 15th. And then the global release is the 18th. And then com uh, Commander Party events will be December 16th through 18th, so like a month later. Uh, I'll talk about Commander for a second because I know you're not a big fan, but there's a lot of cool Commander stuff going on in this set. Um, they have the normal commander decks that come along with the set, but they also have what's called beginner commander decks. And if you're into that, I'll let you read up more of that at home. But I'm assuming it's, you know, very good at getting people into commander, which is really cool to have a beginner product for commander for people. I think it's really good. And when we then, had that um, forever, they've been making commander decks I, since like 2013. I don't, I don't know. Cause like generally they're, they're pretty, I'll have to like read into it. I'll try to while we're on the show today, read okay. into what's different. I will actively cool not read into it. Sure. Sure. And one of the cool things that actually got my attention about the Commander decks is there's a few of them in the Brothers War that are going to be released where all of the cards of the Commander deck are going to be retroframed. You know, Watsi has figured it out. Retroframe is what people want. We've been get, we got a little bit of it first, now we're getting more and more. But every single card in the deck will be retroframed, and there's going to be new cards in retroframe that had never been printed in the retroframe before. And some of the ones they showed us were Soul Ring, which, by the way, just getting a retro Soul Ring, that's me. Command Tower, Preordain. Baleful Strix, by the way, looks so good in the retro frame. Skull Clamp and Reliquary Tower were some of the ones that they showed us. And then um, also there's going to be, uh, if you participate in a pre-release event, starting November 11th, you can receive one of those promos that they're giving out 
at WPN stores as part of the part of the Magic 30th uh, celebration. And these are foils. And it's Wood Elves, Wall of Roots, Windfall, and I believe Loyal Retainers, which is, uh, you know, that that's one that can get up there. And then uh, if you purchase a box, uh, a box of set draft or collector boosters, you get a buy or back a buy a box promo of a card that we're gonna talk about later. But the name of it should like at least pique your interest. I'm just gonna give you the name. It's Mistress Boundary. So very close to a ball of very broken cards in in the history of Magic. Um, this one's not broken. This one's not broken. It's a fixed version of a broken card, yeah. but still pretty good. Uh, other cool things going on um, with some of these cards you get in the bundles, and uh, one of the other really sweet things is uh, they're going to call it Back in Time. They're saying with our heroes traveling back in time, we of course wanted to go with them. So to do so, we've created a series of retro artifacts from throughout Magic's history starting all the way at Magic's beginnings. Now, these are going to show up in set boosters and collector boosters, and some of the ones that they've shown us so far, um, it's, you know, it's retro frame, with, depending on original or newer art. I see uh, Ivory Tower, Lodestone Golem, Worm Coil Engine, um, and then uh, they have a twist on it, too. They've added a second special set of retro frames with these uh, that echo the schematic ones, uh, that they've put out, they've had in the past. You know, some of these came with like a secret layer or some other. So it looks like a blueprint kind of thing. You know, it's got like the little notations. It looks and like stuff a drawing there. from Da Vinci's notebook. Yes, yes, exactly. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, now there's even more to this in the future. So you can get these from set and collector boosters, right? Now you, can, I believe there's normal and and foil versions of all of them, but also on top of that. Certain of them, I don't know if it's all of them, but certain of them, I know I've seen the worm coil engine already. They like showed it. They have uh, numbers on some of them, so they're gonna have that's like I think six hundred. I think was the number. Um, let me double check that. So it's kind of like the extra cards that show up in um, secret layers, where you know you get like one of ninety nine or one of one hundred, right? And you're going to have that, but like on the cards. Why can't I not find this? I saw this everywhere earlier, but you know, it's out of a number. So obviously uh, the big numbers are going to be impactful. Like number one, will probably be hard to find. Number 69, will be hard to find. And number 420, we're going to be like really gone after. Right. And then like, you know, if you've got a favorite, you know, a favorite player, like if you're a big Gretzky fan, like maybe you, you want 99 or something, you know, like just some cool stuff that's going to go on with that. Whatever um, the last I... one is will also be in demand. I think, it, I think it's 600. So before I go into even more detail of this, can I get, can I get a little bit of a reaction to Ross? I want to hear how ball humbug or, hey, you know, this is actually kind of cool. I want, I want to hear a reaction. Um, so I actively dislike how many different like arts and frames for every card there are now because it, it makes coverage even more difficult to follow. Can I make a comment on this right now? Sure. So I do a lot of coverage for like NRG and, you know, Backpack for Honorog. And I work a lot with Joe Lissette. And it's a running joke that if you play a funky version of a card, Joe has like a 50-50 shot if you know what the card is. And so we treat him like an old man with it. Like well, we're he like, is an old man, that, so yeah, exactly. that's just accuracy. We're, yeah, we're just like, Joe, that's an, that's an Arid Mesa. And he's just like, yeah, I'd have no, he's like, I would. I'd, and, he, you know, he's like, I have no idea. You know, anyway, continue. I apologize. Yeah, so it, make, it makes coverage impossible to follow, 
And even if I like personally might like some of them, like I like the schematic ones. I think they look look kind of neat. I think they look really cool. Um, I like them a lot. Yeah, like you know, if I had a cube or anything where those things were, you know, could be fun. I they, these are the kinds of arts that I, I would look for. Um, but the I for me, you know, my personal enjoyment of the cards is much less of a factor than how it affects coverage. Which is why I I dislike the mantra of let people like things because it leads to situations like this where Watsy just releases but just pumps out product and you can't complain about any individual piece of product because somebody will say oh I like this and you've got to let them like it no you don't have to let people like things because these things are a product of a system that I dislike so because I dislike the system I must inherently dislike the thing that it produces. So I am unwilling to let people like these things because I don't like what they lead to. Sure. I, that's how hostile uh, I am towards them. I, I like it. I like it. You know, hey, Ross, you know who you are. You stick to your lane. I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it, by the way, it's 500 copies on the numbered cards. Sure. And um, I don't know why I thought 600. Like, does it 500 just like make sense? Well, 600, like, well, that's an arbitrary number. You know, like kind of 600. Why, why exactly that many? So, you know, have five, so yeah, one. 69, 420, and 500 are probably the cards to go after. Um, we got a few more details from them on this. So uh, some questions were asked, and here are the answers. The, were the, will there be one retro artifact slot per pack for set and draft boosters, kind of like the Strixhaven Mystical Archives? Yes, they're one per set draft boosters. Two, do the retro... This is from uh, Ben Blywise, but I want to at least give him credit. He had some really good questions. Uh, do the retro artifacts have their own in-slot rarity? Yeah, they're uncommon, rare, and mythic retro artifact cards. Three, can you get regular foil versions of retro artifact cards in sets and draft boosters? Regular and foil versions are available in set draft boosters. So uh, it looks like the collector ones will probably only be foil, which is what you kind of expect. And then four, how many total retro artifact cards are there? Is it one-to-one of schematics and regulars? There are 63 of these cards in total, each with a schematic and regular version. So the access artifacts that are like in the collectors, there's 63 different ones. And each one will have foil and non-foil, like, schematic shit. And then you'll, I think the foil ones are, I think the the five, like, one out of 500 or whatever are only foil. Also, I'm assuming we're getting one through 500 and not zero through 500. I'm, I'm assuming that. But you never know. They could be really weird about something, but. Because yeah. wouldn't actually make it more than, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, whatever. But uh, I'm actually excited about this. It's a collector nightmare. I'm sure the people who run stores are just getting even more aggravated with like, okay, so this set comes out, there's 17 versions of every card, I'm gonna put them into my system. Like, have you tried to TCG a card lately? You have to put like, you have to put the card name in, and then parentheses, you have to write a dissertation on which, which card, card it is. <laughs> and then close the parentheses to find the correct one. And you can't look at like all versions for like some of the stuff anymore. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that. Um, But I'm actually into this. This looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I the, like all the of schematics. It. Look cool. Whatever. I still hate them. Yeah, I mean, you know, each their own. I'm still trying to find some more on the uh, beginners commander stuff because, like, it's pretty cool. Um, I was like very interested to see like what the the difference for the stuff is. Also, we we we've seen the lands. They have full art lands, and boy, do they look cool. It looks like something out of um retro sci-fi like some of the stuff looks like war of the world some of the stuff looks like uh what's the movie with the giant 
monsters fighting giant mechs that was really good but bad that came out in the last like 10 years um they made a really bad sequel to it what the first one's great uh you know, they, they're called jaegers like they, they fight the kaiju come on so the guy from sons of anarchy <laughs> how do you not know this uh, everybody at home right now give me one second pull it up imdb Everybody at home right now knows the answer to this movie, and I just sound really, really, really dumb. Also, that they want me to sign it for some reason. Give me one. So, so you're surprised that I don't know this happened? I'm really not surprised yeah. that you don't know this. Do, at do all. you know what the latest Ken Burns documentary is about? No, I don't. But of okay. course, you're not. How yeah. could you not know? Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. That's I'm going to watch part two of it tonight. There's no. There's part of me that's frustrated for even asking. You, yeah, you know what I mean? Because I know that you don't know this. Uh, it's about so America's you, role in the Holocaust, by the way. Okay. Good. Great. Yeah, can't wait to can't wait to learn that. All those right, anyway. those are the things that I watch. Yeah, so uh, the movie that I'm in, in, in talking about here is Pacific Rim. By the way, Pacific Rim isn't that like an old war movie? Probably, but it was also a sci-fi movie that came out in 2013. Which you should get about four beers deep and watch this movie. I think you'd love it. It's one of those movies. It's so bad, it's good. If you get you get my drift. No, there must By be the a way, war movie get, that has a similar sounding you name. Don't even, you don't. You don't even get how good my pun was just there. Yeah, I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you, you wouldn't know unless you've seen the movie. Oh, like, that's any, good, then. I'm, I'm, I'm sure happy there's like about five, that. There's 5% of people who got that, and I really hope they really got that joke. Pacific but, Rim. It has Charlie Day in it. And Idris like really Elba good, and yeah, Guillermo del Toro. Really, really it made cast. $400 million. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was really, like, dude, giant... Uh, mechs are fighting giant monsters and one of them like picks up a giant ship off the ground and uses it like a baseball bat to fight off one of the monsters. It's great. <laughs> you should definitely watch this movie. It's, I don't think laugh, we watch movies for the same reasons, Tannen. I like to be entertained. <laughs> I, I think we might educated. have different definitions of entertaining. Yeah, mine is, yeah, this stuff's entertaining. Yours is, this stuff puts me to fucking sleep. Yeah. Whereas things that put other people to sleep keep me riveted. So... I have had a tough time trying to watch portions of this documentary at 2 o'clock in the morning because I'm old. I will be asleep. But yeah, th these basic lands don't interest me at all. There's just like weird mech. It lo they look like they barely look like basic lands because the, the focus in all the artwork is on the random creature that's on them. But yeah, you get what I'm saying. Like one of them has a very like War of the Worlds vibe and like it, it just looks like some classic sci-fi stuff yeah. or like specific sci-fi stuff. I also... I like my basic lance to say tap add mana symbol to your mana pool. God, you're so fucking old. I've been saying the F word a lot of this episode, so I apologize yeah. to everybody at home. That's why I, that's why I play a lot of Mirage, Invasion, Odyssey, Urza Saga, Portal Basics. Yeah. I'm usually playing one of those five sets. Sure. Or or betas. Uh, I'm a beta guy, you know that. Uh, I'm trying to find do we does Mythic Spoiler have up all the spoilers from today? It looks like they do. I think we have seven cards, correct? I think we I thought we had six. Uh, I've got seven, though, besides the mm. lands. Um, one of them might be a commander card, though, because it was mentioned with like as a promo thing. But uh, I'm just going to go through them backwards, the ones that they showed, because uh, the very first one, the card that I think you're going to like a lot and have some stuff to say about, and that is Recruitment Officer. I do this like this one. Yeah, so it's one white for a 2-1 that is a human soldier. Both of those matter. So it's a 2-1 human soldier for one. Already pretty good, right? You know, like, Pioneer kind of needed, like, Possibly another good, aggressive one-drop. This one actually has an ability, though. You pay three and a white to look at the top four cards of your library. You can reveal a creature card of mana cost... Sorry, mana value. Three or less from among them and put it in your hand. Put the rest of the bottom of your uh, library in any order. Maybe not a four of, but just something to do in, like, long, drawn-out games 
possibly. You know, you have some mana sink here, but the real thing here, 2-1 Human Soldier for 1. Do you, do you know what this card reminds me of? It's one that oh, we both played. Yeah, God. What's the name of it? Spectral Sailor. Yeah. Oh, okay. I there's a there's another card that's similar to this one, but yeah, Spectral Sailor. Yeah, this one definitely feels that way. Yeah, it's about like you know, one mana, one one flying flash was sort of like your baseline to be a playable spirit, mm-hmm. and then it has this you know ability that's not going to come up all the time, but when it does come up, you're pretty happy about it. So I'm going to agree with the the symmetry there. But just say the Spectral Sailor blows this card out of the water in every single way possible because of how much better the ability on Spectral Sailor is in the decks that it was in versus this ability. I don't see myself activating this too often. While in the other deck, you're like constantly holding up like, what was it, dive down and like counter spells and stuff. So it's a little bit better. But the Mana Sync is nice if you get to that point. Yes. And in matchups where your opponents are killing your creatures, usually their goal is to leave you with a poopy 2-1. Now, if they leave you with this, suddenly, yeah. you know, you can start pulling ahead with the ability. So it actually is going to force players to use their removal differently just by virtue of existing. So I like that the threat of activating it is going to change how your opponents yeah. play. Now, that's if, a really good way to put it. If anyone is familiar, you know, with the deck guide I wrote a, a little while ago for Mono White Humans in Pioneer, you know, I've been playing Thraven Inspector in my builds instead of Soldier of the Pantheon as the and sort do you of. I think this is an upgrade. As I do think it's and it's certainly an upgrade on Soldier. Like if if you're playing Soldier right now, I I can't imagine not playing Recruitment Officer. Um, you know, Soldier's abilities just don't come up very often. It's like the the best decks in the format are Mono Green and a Rakdos deck that plays two gold cards, and it's Blood Tithe Harvester and, and Dreadbore. Yeah, you know, like sometimes it's relevant that they can't Dreadbore your thing or block with a three two. If they're Dreadboring your one drop, I think you're okay with that. Exa- anyway. Exactly. So. Um, and like this card ha- has a very relevant text in the Rakdos matchup as well. <laughs> so um, I, I think it, it's significantly better. Whether it's better than Thraben Inspector uh, is unclear to me. Obviously, the games where like you're activating the ability multiple times, it's significantly better. But there are games where you don't have the four mana to spare, but you do have the two mana to spare. There are games where a 1-2 is better than a 2-1. There are games when a 2-1 is better than a 1-2. So that's, that's harder to parse. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm certainly going to try it, and I hope it's better, because I hope my deck gets better. Um, this is a card that screams play me, for sure. Yeah. And the other thing is that you mentioned is it's not just the human type that is relevant, it's the soldier type. And that's because soldier was the lord for white in the previous set. Yeah. And there are even, uh, if you look at deck uh, league dumps for Pioneer, there are lists of mono-white humans that are soldier-centric. They ha- they like cut Luminarch Aspirant to play the the other Lord and like you know bias their the rest of their deck towards soldiers. You know this card upgrades that and makes that deck significantly better or that version. You know maybe it's enough where you know that becomes relevant because that that Lord is quite good. I don't know if you remember what like it, you know it's a two mana one one that pumps your your things and then you can pay five mana and exile it from the graveyard to it's a, it's a two mana two two that yeah pumps two mana two two sure. and then you can exile it for five to give. Permanent plus plus one to yeah. all of your soldiers in play. Yeah. To bat, what is it? Bassery's, um, what's the two mana sorcery that did that? Bassery's something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The- to just, you know, play that spell. Um, so, you know, maybe that version now gets significantly better because, you know, you, you don't have to, you know, the, when you're playing a deck like that where you're not only playing humans, you're playing human soldiers specifically, you're significantly narrowing your card pool, right? which typically requires you to, you know, dig deeper down the barrel and play some weaker cards in order to make your synergies work. When you when 
you know, more cards get printed and you fill out your, your curve with powerful individual cards, suddenly it becomes more and more worth it to go for those synergies. So uh, I'll be trying out both of those versions in advance of of uh, Atlanta for sure. So to me, that this is the most interesting card because it goes into a deck I like. Yeah, and like thinking about that, like there's not a ton of matchups in, in Pioneer where you're going to go super late, right? Like you don't go super late against Mono Green very often, right? You don't go super late against like Lotus Field, but like Black Red, which is the most played deck, and like sometimes a decent bit of Phoenix, like you're you're trading resources a lot because you're trying not to die. Yeah, this puts a lot more. Uh, like you have a lot more mana sinks now. You have this, like you have that card you were just talking about—the two drop that you yeah. can play out of your yard. All your utility like lands. Like yeah, maybe you start playing lands. twenty-three lands now just because you have so many mana sinks. So the odds of you having a turn where you don't spend your mana are absurdly low now in these decks, and like that's how you lose with those decks. Is like you know you have all your stuff, they stop your initial rush, and then you're like play my fifth land, play a one drop go, and then I don't use my mana, and like you're dead, like you're just dead, right? And like that's not going to happen as much now. You're not guaranteed to win the game when you activate this ability, but at least it's doing something, you know? You know, you might be able to find one of your big, you know, two or three drops that are really, really bad, or you find a Lord. You right? find Adeline, you can find Brutal Cathar, Adeline, you yeah. can find, you know, certain things, Thalia, Heretic Cathar out of the sideboard is good against, uh, you know, Grease Fang, you're digging for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a lot. You can find your Tomic if you have that against uh, Lotus Field or whatever. You know, and, and your curve is ones, twos, and threes, so... You're you're very unlikely to miss. It, it's, it's a good card. Yeah. All right. So the next one we're going to talk about is one that one of my friends got really excited about. I feel like they print this card in every set now in some color or some version of this card. This is called Surge Engine. So it costs two colors mana for a three-two construct, and it has Defender. This is a Mythic, by the way. Now it has three abilities. First ability is one blue. Surge Engine loses Defender and gains. This creature can't be blocked. That's pretty good already, right? Yep. You're just a 3-2 that can't be blocked. I mean, whatever, that's fine. Next ability, 2 and a blue. Surge engine becomes blue and has base power toughness 5-4. Activate only if this doesn't have defender. So we're leveling, right? You know, this is the, the level creature that we get almost every set now. And then the last one is 4 and a blue and a blue. So it's 4 blue, blue. Draw 3 cards. Activate only a surge engine is blue and only once. So, um, pretty good limited card, for sure. Like, this card's pretty bomb and limited. In Constructed, I'm worried about it dying a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, a, a Braid is legal in all the formats that it's legal in. It's a 3-2, which dies to, like, every damage-based removal card. Plus, like, what is it? Cast Down is the new one now for one black? Or whatever. Yeah. It's not, maybe not Cast Down, whatever it's called. And I'm worried about, you know, putting a bunch of man into this and having it killed. That being said, this card got some powerful text on it. Yeah, the the fact that you don't have to activate as a sorcery, the fact right. that it's in blue, so you could potentially play this, you know, in a sort of aggro control deck, leave up mana to protect it, you know, force your opponent to do stuff, and then either you know answer their stuff if you need to, or uh, sink your mana into this. Um, I definitely think it has potential based on where you know modern and pioneer or standard and pioneer are right now. I don't really see a home for it, but I think it's a card that could see play in those formats, you know, at some point. I just don't, Maybe I don't know where it slots in really. Or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. All okay. right, this one, um, I'm, I think this one's in the set, though it was shown with some promos and stuff. But this one is Queen Kayla Bin Krog. Yeah, this one's in the set. Okay. 
one red white for a 2-3 human noble legendary creature. Now, I'm going to read this ability very slowly, Ross, okay, because this ability is fucking wild. Excuse me on the F-bombs, everybody. Jeez. All right, anyway. This was just a rare. All right, so four mana no and tap No one fucking it. cares, Tannen. Sure. Four <laughs> mana and tap it. Discard all the cards in your hand. Then draw that many cards. You may choose an artifact or creature card with mana value one. You discard it this way. Then do the same for artifact or creature cards with mana values two and three. Return those cards to the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery. That's a powerful ability. I'm not a believer in this card. It's a powerful ability, but it requires a lot to go right for it to work. Right? It's three mana creature. It doesn't do anything when it enters the battlefield. You need to untap with it in order to gain value, and you need to have a fourth land and you know some some more creatures in your hand, notably creatures that cost less than this. That so those are creatures that you're probably playing. playing out early. Yeah. yeah right. This, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of combo with this. It's someone very much smarter than you and I, or at least smarter than me, maybe not smarter than you that figures all this out. I'll make that distinction for you, Ross. But I'm not seeing it. I mean, you can just discard, um, you know, Viscera Seer, Malira, Kitchen Finks, <laughs> and just have it all. <laughs> sure. And you protected it while doing Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, um, but, like, they all have to be in your hand. That said... The fact that you you know you replace all the cards you discard means that like you don't need to get full value out of this every time. If you it put seems like the commander card to me, it oh yeah, the, certain. If you put one or two creatures onto the battlefield, you're netting card advantage for this card. The problem is sure. the matchups where you want to be doing that are matchups where they're playing lots of removal for your things. So those are the matchups where it's least likely to be relevant to you know to ever activate. Whereas in a matchup like you know mono green devotion or something. I guess, like, you know, you discard a bunch of creatures, return them, have this big battlefield, and set up to, you know, brave them. But you can just do that curving normally. Uh, and then, you know, this just requires a lot of things to go right with your draw. So yeah. I agree with you. This just feels like a commander card that they put into a non-commander set. Because that's what they've been doing for the last five years. Did I mention that it has to be activated as a sorcery as well? I don't know yeah. if I read that part. Yeah. So it has to be a sorcery as well. So. It doesn't make as big of an issue, because if they, you know, cast a sweeper, then this is going to go away anyway. But. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the next one is one that we alluded to earlier in the show, and then the next three cards after that all work together. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. But this is Mistress Foundries. This one's a land, so it taps for colorless. Uh, you can pay two, not one, Ross, two, and Mistress Foundry becomes a 2-2 assembly worker artifact creature until end of turn. It's still a land, and then you can pay one and tap it or get attacking assembly worker. It's plus two, plus oh, two. I didn't even notice it said attacking. Turn. Why? Yeah. Why did you need to add that? It's it's just so the uh, the control decks can't just do the whole like blocking thing. I yeah, guess. but like it costs them four mana to do that. Like let them block with a three three for four mana. Yeah, but this is this fixed version of you know one of the most iconic cards in history of Magic, and uh, it's just a creature land, right? And so like you'll see this probably show up in some of the you know mono white mono red decks if they can support it. Uh, nice thing to put your mana into. It probably works really well in the same deck recruitment officer if you cast all your stuff. And uh, I do see this card possibly being player at some point. Oh yeah, I, I think it's a solid card. Um, you know, should see play in standard. I was actually, you know, the mana traders this month was standard, so that's what I was commentating on. And I, you know, the the default best decks all seem to be three color mid range piles. And Mono Black, which was sort of the talk of the town in week one, it won the, the first challenge at Moto. 
uh, wasn't doing as well. And I, you know, I, I, we, we watched a couple rounds with somebody playing that deck, and I just like they, they really missed those creature lands from uh, AFR. Is it, yeah, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, you know, all the monocolor decks do because that was really a way to gain an advantage uh, over these three color decks that are you know can't play those cards, can't incorporate them into their mana base. Mishra's Foundry now gives them that. So I like this as a balancing act in standard, uh, you know, along with tri the Triomes. Because Triomes are incredibly powerful, and they sort of push you into decks where you get to play them. And now you have an incentive to stay one color, maybe two, uh, if your mana is good enough and you can afford a few of these and get some value out, out of your lands, especially as an aggressive deck. So I definitely like the card. I feel like they could have pushed this a little bit you know, further. Like Mishra's Factory doesn't strike me as a card that is, you know, completely busted. I know Mutavault, when it was in uh, Standard last, was, you know, incredible. It was one of the defining cards of the format. Um, and so, you know, you know, costing one is, was probably too good. Um, but I guess really, like, you know, all they did on top of that was add the, you know, one to the activation cost and limit you to attackers, which is less relevant. Um, so I, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's also, you know... I'm much more likely to be playing this in an aggressive deck, so it kind of helps me that the control decks don't get to leverage it as well. Um, but yeah, solid card. Doubt it sees play in Pioneer where Mutavolt is legal. Because like I said, like the, the cheaper activation cost is just such a big deal. And Mutavolt also you know, plays super well with Dallas Lieutenant and, and all the other humans. Is Luminarch Aspirant still in standard? Weird question. Uh, I don't... Oh man, it's like the, is this card legal? I'm not the Zendikar, right person to be asking. No, they just Zendikar Rising right? rotated out. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it rotated out this fall, so um, that would have been cool. Aspirant plays really well the Creature yeah. Lands, but yeah, but I think this one's going to get played quite. Oh, a bit. definitely, hundred percent. Yeah. All right, so the next three, I'm going to kind of read all these together piece by piece. We'll kind of interweave talking about them. Oh, they all are you counting together. this as three cards because the backside is like a different card? Yeah, is that where you got so seven? Is okay, where, yeah, sure, 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 because uh. If you haven't got it yet, I'm alluding to Meld is back. If for anybody who remembers <laughs> this, we're going to be able to take two cards, turn them over, and put them as one. We're going to Vulture on a card. Okay, so the two cards get put together. One, Urza, Lord Protector. This is a one white and a blue for a legendary creature, Human Artificer. It's a 2-4. His abilities are Artifact, Instance, and Sorcery Spells you cast cost one less to cast. That's, that, that's a lot of words, and that does a lot of things. And it has uh, seven colorless. If you both own and control Urza's Lord Protector and an artifact named the Mightstone and Weakstone, exile them and then meld them into Urza Planeswalker. Activate only as a sorcery. Uh, we'll get to all the other stuff. 2-4 for one white blue that makes artifacts instant sorceries cost one less. Not so sure about standard or, you know, uh, 60 card constructed. I think the Bengals just scored again. Oh, did you hear it from the other one? <laughs> yeah. sure, nice. Uh 100 card uh, decks, though? They're looking at this card, and they're getting interested. Um, yeah, sure. You can play it as a commander, so fine. Do sure. that if you want now, to. Now, you might want to know what the Might Stone and Weak Stone is. So it's a five-mana legendary artifact. It's a Power Stone. Uh, that's a subtype, I'm assuming. Oh, the, the Urza. Urza. The new Urza Planeswalker, I think, references Power Stones. Anyway. Yeah. I need, to, I need to look that up. Not Urza, uh, Karn. The new Karn, sorry. Uh, I should probably know the difference between Urza and Karn. Right? Anyway, so it costs five, and it says, uh, when this enters the battlefield, choose one. Draw two cards, 
or target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn. And you could tap it to add two colorless mana. It can be spent to, it can't be spent to cast non artifact spells. Only spend an artifact spell. Well, I'm I don't know why they chose that phrasing. Because like all previous iterations of these kinds of effects have all, have been in, in an affirmative phrasing, right? This is a weird double negative. It can't be so, used to play these Yes. To play I think it has to do with space on the card. I think it ran out of space. I think if they add the the extra word to it that it normally takes, it would add another uh, line of text to the card because normally it's use this mana only to cast artifact cards or whatever. Well, it would be spells. can only be spent to cast artifact spells. So you're adding the word only, but you're getting rid of non, oh. the apostrophe, and the T. Y- so you're getting rid of five is... characters and you're adding five characters no, no. because you need one more space to put in the other word. I think the way they normally word it, though, is differently. They wouldn't just take the sentence and change can't to uh, whatever and add only. Don't they usually put, like, add to this mana can only be used to, to play spells that are, like, you know, artifact spells? Or, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it can I, only sure be spent to cast artifact spells. It's, it's you know the what? same they number it, of characters. They did it just to mess with you, Ross. That's why. They literally did it to mess with people like you. Alright, anyway. <laughs> I love you, buddy. The five-man artifact that... Okay. So either it replaces itself and draws an extra card, either draws two cards, or it kills possibly their best creature in play. It taps for some mana so you can do more stuff in your deck. I'm assuming you're playing this with, like, artifacts and stuff in your deck. But this also melds with Urza, which we'll talk about in just a moment. I can see this one making some decks. Especially if you have ways to cheat on mana like you do with uh, the new uh, the new Karn Planeswalker. I just think of this card in, like, Metalwork Colossus decks. Like those decks can do some really explosive things now, but they don't interact at all. And having this card that like powers out your combo that also does some interacting or like recoups you from against discard decks makes a lot of sense to me. It's probably a little too expensive. Yeah. Um, but I could see it. Mm-hmm. Alright. So when these meld together, they make Urza Planeswalker, right? The legendary creature or legendary planeswalker Urza. Let me pull this card up. Okay. It has a passive, sort of. This you may activate the loyal abilities of Urza Planeswalker uh, twice each turn rather than only once. So, very interesting. This Planeswalker can be activated twice. It has five abilities, Ross. Five. So, the first one, plus two. Artifact, instant, and sorcery spells that you cast this turn cost two less to cast. You gain two life. Plus one. Draw two cards, then discard a card. Zero. Create two. 1-1 one, one colorless soldier artifact creature tokens. Minus 3. Exile target non-land permanent. Minus 10. Artifacts and planeswalkers you control gain indestructible until turn. Destroy all non-land permanents. It has 7 loyalty to start. If you pull this off, this card's pretty freaking good. Yeah. In, in large part because you have just so many options. Like... You can. It, uh, it threatens to ultimate very fast. Too, by yeah, you can generate a ton of extra mana. You can draw a bunch of cards. You can make creatures. You can interact with theirs, and then you can set up this this incredible one sided wrath as an ultimate. So, um, you really have the option to do well, you know essentially anything in the game because you can also you can interact with any kind of permanent, right? Um, so, yeah, incredibly powerful. Obviously, very difficult to pull off. Seems too difficult in in my estimation for sixty card formats. That said, if you if you look at how the cards play with each other, the numbers are chosen uh, carefully because they cur- it curves perfectly. 
you get to go turn three Urza, turn four. Now my Might Stone and Weak Stone cost one less. I can cast that. I get, you know, get the effect, get my two mana. Um, and on the next uh, turn, on turn five, I make my fifth land drop. I have seven mana. I can activate Urza and meld. That's, what, that's why they changed the, the wording, Tannen. If it said it can only be used to cast artifact spells, you wouldn't be able to use it to activate the Urza. So they had to they had to do it this way to include activated abilities of things as something you can do. Um, So it it is function. It's not functionally the same. That they're different. They're slightly different in a way that you know makes sense with the card. Okay, figured that mystery out. Um, And so it does you know curve perfectly. If you just go turn three, turn four, you have an Urza Planeswalker on turn five, which is you know pretty busted. You're probably not losing that game. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if the reaction you heard, real quick to go back to real life, if the reaction you heard was a touchdown more than uh, Tua just had to be taken off the field on a stretcher. Oh, that like, he sucks. Just, he, just took, he just apparently took a very serious injury, so hopefully he's okay. Especially oh my like, god, he was having like a breakout like, year. Yeah, he was like actually looking, you know, like, there's all the memes about him being so good and everything, and like they're showing that he's like, you know, very bad. And he's having a great year. You know, Miami was like, you know, kind of coming up, but it it doesn't look good for Tua, so hopefully he's okay. Like, literally, Hope Tua is uh, is trending on Twitter right now, and that's never good. So, uh, they're saying it might be a head injury, too. Um, so, uh, yeah, not looking pretty. Well, hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, yeah, he may have had a seizure on, on the field. I'm, like, randomly... Okay, I'm, I can't look at this stuff anymore. It, it looks bad. Okay. Sorry, anyway, back to the show. Sorry about that, everybody. But I like, you know, have Twitter up to look at all the things from today. I literally have like four different pages of Twitter with like, you know, yeah. all the things from today that we want to talk about and everything, and just that popped up. So, um, yeah. Well, uh, I'm more, certainly not watching that. Sure. More in the starter commander decks. Uh, they arrive December 2nd. There'll be five 100 card decks, each packed of powerful and practical cards. They're built ready to play right out of the box for the commander format. So, uh, you know, you were saying earlier, like, isn't that all the commander ones? I do think that some of the commander decks are probably just like, just have a little bit too much going on and maybe a little bit too daunting for the first time. Because like, here's the thing: the average way people learn how to play Magic nowadays is commander, like not not the other way around, not sixty card formats or draft like it used to be. Like almost every new player that I see at LGSs are brought in by their commander players. Now. Yeah. So uh, I think this is cool. You know, and <clears throat> while it does have like really cool and powerful commanders. You know, looking at him, it's like Atarka, Ameria, you know, Jissa uh, and Jeroff, uh, Spiria, Supreme Judge. Like, there's some wordy stuff going on there. I would have to assume that you're not having these, like, seven-line text cards with, like, abilities you've never heard of. Like, Goad is not in there. You know what I mean? Like, just little things like that where you're, like, keywords you've never heard of. And, like, everything will have reminder text, I'm guessing, for all the keyword ability stuff. So, um, But, yeah, that seems like a great product for them. Glim Jones is the head of it. Uh, you know, a little blast for messages past. Whatever, so love love seeing him getting to, getting out there and That's doing Glenjamin uh, Jones to you. Sorry, Glenjamin Jones. Glenjamin Jones. I I forgot he was Sir Glenjamin Jones. Yeah, it's okay. Anyway. He's forgiving. Is he? He's a forgiving. He's a forgiving sir. He's a forgiving I lord. I don't know. Maybe for your sake, You're I like, hope I'm he just, is. I'm just talking out my ass now. <laughs> That's mostly what I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm very aware. You drink and you know things. I hope and, you I get ta- that. and then I talk out of my ass. I hope you actually get that, but you probably don't. Oh, it's Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because t- in my mind, you were just a taller version of Tyrion Lannister. 
which is why it's so ironic that I blanked on Peter Dinklage's name on my Jeopardy episode. Is, oh, is that did that happen? I didn't actually watch your episode. Yeah, there was a Game of Thrones category in Single Jeopardy, and it, like a picture of him comes up, and they just wanted the actor's name. I'm like, oh, that's like the one actor from the show I know. And I rang in and I got it first, and then I, like my mind just went blank, and I was like, God, I know this guy's name. I would suck so bad at that game because I'm so bad at like remembering names when it comes to the, yeah. the actual moment. You got you got Let's seven seconds. Thing. It's the worst seven seconds of your life, right? Like, you're just sitting up there, and you're like, I know this, but... Yeah. It, it, the funny thing is, people at home are like, oh, what an idiot. All the other contestants, like, they know what just happened. They're like, oh, no, his, br- his brain's been blank. Yeah. You know, like, because, like, we've all we've all been there. Not Maybe not on Jeopardy. You know, not on national television. With Alex Trebek staring at you, but... Yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I think that uh, does it for the Brothers War section of the show uh i was gonna say we're gonna probably have a lot more to talk about that in about i think three weeks the actual stuff starts because it's kind of wild that we're getting spoilers and stuff for this but it's just the way it works because the new set came out like 20 days ago like literally i think it was like 19 days ago yeah there's just i mean this is the is this the fourth set that they've no did we get an extra set this year yeah this this is the fifth set they've, they've released this year right Plus, we're getting or, Infinity as well, yeah, or whatever it's called. That. I mean, some people do. the The dual lands in it are, are freaking dope. By the way, they're they, dual they lands. Reprint, yeah, they're reprinting like uh, the shock lands, but they're like spacified. Oh, they're yes. adding they're adding more artworks to cards that people will play on coverage. Yes. Ah, yes. I wonder okay, if you can guess that? how I feel about this, Tannen. The, the bad part is I need to learn these. <laughs> Maybe not bad part, but uh, I need. It's like a space theme set and stuff. And things like you know, if like magic was in space, I guess. Um, like there's a there's a there's a planeswalker in the set called Space Bellerin, which is you know, Jace in space. But like, what I want to call it is just Jace with a gun because he's literally just got a gun and he's like pointing it at you. He's got like, a little ray gun and stuff. And there's a uh, there's a puppy in like a spacesuit, Comet Stellar Pup. Yeah, so, I saw so, that. Like, one. There's some, yeah, there's there's some cute stuff. There's some cute stuff, and then there's like cards that are just freaking wacky, and like then there's some some cards that are actually pretty good, and then the lands in this set, oh boy, they are uh, they are gorgeous. But where are the why can't I find the stock lands? Oh, there there we go. So yeah, alternate art in this stuff's pretty sweet, but the the art for the lands pretty wild, actually. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to learn these. Anyway, as we'll say, uh. Let's see, do we have any mailbag this week? I know we have some uh, overrated, underrated mailbag. Doesn't look like it. Pretty good ones. I'm going to jump around again. So let's... Uh, uh, okay. Um, Fuzzy Dan says, The Fifth Element. I'm assuming this is referencing the movie. Have you seen this one? Nope. Underrated. Really great sci-fi movie. Yeah, I'm not a sci-fi fan. Really cool uh, Bruce Willis movie. Uh, just movie that's very aware of itself with another stellar cast that's very good. Mila Jovovich, Chris Tucker, Bruce Willis, and Gary Oldman. Oh, and Luke mm-hmm. Perry for good measure. Gary that's Oldman a- is one of my favorite actors of like my lifetime, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he's a The great guy actor. is just like perfect in every role that he's in. Like, like his range is infinite. He came up at he's- Trivia the other week, and uh, Chris knew who it was but couldn't remember his name, blanked on his name. So I'm just trying to get him to tell me like what movies he's been in if I could figure it out. Yeah, and he never Describe got him. Please. He never got to Commissioner Gordon in the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, 
Yeah, I would have been able to get you there. Like, if I couldn't yeah. do it. He kept referencing so, uh, Leon the Professional, which is a movie I'm aware of, but I've never seen. See, here's the thing. I, I would aware of it, too. I just forgot he was in that until you said that. He's apparently yeah, the he's villain. Like the, uh, he's like the main, he's like the head of the, the police that are like after him or whatever, right? He's like, he's like yeah. pretty much the main bad guy. All right, this next one should be fun. Ross, Chick-fil-A. Uh, incredibly overrated. This has, let's, let's leave their incredibly horrible politics out of it. But, See, know, that's what I was going to say. Uh, let me answer this real quick. Incredibly overrated, and I'll never eat at that fucking shit place ever in my life. Anyway, like, go ahead. Even even if they had their you know owners weren't horrible people, like their food is just overrated. You mean if they weren't actively murdering gay people? Yeah, and uh, the uh, like Popeyes is just significantly better. And that's actually the next one, by the way, is Popeyes and underrated. Underrated. Yeah, Popeyes is it's one of my okay. I have three main uh, cheat meals. Have I told you these? No. One is pizza, obviously. Just just get a pizza and stuff my face with it. Uh, one is Popeyes. I just go to Popeyes and order like seventeen dollars of food. <laughs> which if you've been to Popeyes, it's way too much. And like you have to have like three bottles of water because the biscuits are a freaking brick. You need to be able to like drink a ton of water eating, but the food's They're great. So salty. The chicken's amazing. It's so salty. And then the other one is I think I've talked to you about this. There's a um I've been wanting to get this one recently. There's a grill, like, not far from my house. It's, like, 10 or 15 minutes away. It has a very famous burger where, like, the bun is perfect. The burger is perfect. But, like, they put a bunch of good dressing on it. But then they also, like, they top it with shrimp. And they put the shrimp, like, into the cheese so it all, like, congeals, like, together or whatever. You know, it gets... I don't know. It's just... You have to eat it. It's just perfect. And so, like, those are my three go-to cheat meals right now. Yeah. Or uh, anytime I'm traveling, I just cheat the entire time. From, like, 2012 to 2014... I rode to a million SCG tournaments with Chris Marshall. And anytime we were going to a tournament south of New York, um, or west of New York for that matter, uh, we would... By the way, I'm very jealous yeah, that you got we, to hang out that much with Chris Marshall. But. We would make a dinner stop. Like he, he would get off work and come pick me up. And then a couple hours later, when we got to the Vince Lombardi rest stop in New Jersey, all the rest stations in, in, in New Jersey are named after people. There's the, the Vince Lombardi is the biggest one, but then there's also like the Clara Barton, um, uh, the Molly Pitcher, um, sure, sure. and like a couple other ones. Uh, I can't remember them anymore, but we would stop at the Lombardi and Marshall would go to Burger King for reasons that are still, or not Burger, it was Roy Rogers and get Gold Rush chicken. Roy Rogers? Roy Rogers is like a, is a burger chain. Sure. Yeah. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but he would get Gold Rush chicken sandwiches. And then I, and I would get in line at Popeyes and have a have Popeyes for dinner. So I've, I've had many many a Popeyes meal. All right. Oh, they went nuts here. We're gonna have some fun with this. SS. This is like the tier list that we saw people put up on Twitter for a while. Uh, SS Squirrel says Nashville hot chicken. I think it's slightly overrated, but I probably haven't had like the best ones. It's it's pretty good. I'm gonna go properly. It's pretty rated. good. It's pretty like, good. It's, but it's like, good. Obviously, it's, like it's you can fuck it up. Yeah. That's. I've probably had some messed up ones. Okay. Uh, Kathana Wongers says Bojangles. I'm going to go with like slightly overrated because I think most of those places are all just the same place pretty much. And they don't really stand out per place. You know, the the fried chicken like yeah. places like Bojangles. You know, I, I would go properly rated, maybe slightly over. Because I think there are people in the South fair, that, fair. that would say Bojangles is better than Popeye's fair. and that's lunacy. Yeah. But it is pretty good. Uh, the next one is Cookout. This is from Fire Drink. Massively, Container. massively, massively massively overrated i've only had it once and i was just like yeah this is food that i ate 
I, so. I, it boggles my mind how popular Cookout is. There's yeah. one right near me in it's Roanoke. Like, and it's like the Taco Bell thing. They have like a 15-car line all yeah. the time. It's I've a, been to that Cookout, by the way. Yeah. I, I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't understand. Like, it's, I've, and this is not just me being a vegetarian. Like, I've had their food. Yeah, you've eaten these places. Yeah. yeah. And most of, most of the food they hand me is just overcooked and dry and not good. And it's, it's quite cheap. I'll give them that. Like I, and it's open very late. That's that's the big thing. It's it's the it's the Taco Bell thing. Everything's cheap, and you can do it like fifteen. If you you spend fifteen bucks, you could you could feed like seven people. Yeah, and the and the milkshakes are good. I'll give them that. Must be nice to be able to have a milkshake. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, when you get a, a one of the cheesecake varieties, like I always get blueberry cheesecake milkshakes. Apparently, they just take a slice of cheesecake and blend it into the milkshake. Okay, that's actually kind of gas. Kind yeah. Of cheesecake um, so, and, that's and, kind of gas. <laughs> now, what you have to understand with the milkshakes at Cookout is they're not really milkshakes. It's basically just a cup of soft serve ice cream because you can't sure. possibly drink them. They are too it's thick. It's a quote-unquote milkshake. Yeah. So I, I will often get a milkshake with my like box if we're going there at 2 in the morning and not even eat because not even eat it because I have so much food with, you know in the, the tray. Um, and, th- and then I'll just put it, stick it in the freezer and have ice cream at some point. Cause I don't like buying a ton. Like I don't eat a lot of ice cream. And so I don't like, if I buy like, same, yeah, if I even <laughs> buy like a pint of it, it's like usually, you know, kind of crystallizes in the freezer and freezer burns before I finish it. And so just having like a thing from, um, you know, from cookout, l- let me have like, you know, two, two portions of ice cream over the course of a week, uh, which is n- not bad, but yeah, it's. It's unbelievable to me how how popular it is. Like, I actively think it's like worse food than McDonald's. A uh, quick update: Tua has been taken to a local hospital for further evaluation. He is conscious and has movement in all of his extremities. All right. Um, the next one. This is from Flackle. Is churches? Uh, he makes sure to put the restaurant. I've actually been. Um, all forms of churches overrated, <laughs> but the restaurant definitely overrated. I mean, if you if, if you like Popeyes, like churches is like. I'm trying to think of a way to put this other than saying it's like the white people version of Popeyes without it being like, this is not any kind of like racially charged thing, but you get what I'm saying when I say that. It's like the blander, unseasoned version of Popeyes. And like, yeah, it might be a little bit crispier, right? But it's just like, I probably haven't had churches in 20 years, maybe more. I was like probably an extra child and like, they just don't exist anymore here, especially here. Because like we have Popeyes and we're Southern people. We like, we like Popeyes and stuff, so... Uh, Fuzzy Dan says unbranded gas station chicken. I know what he's talking about. Uh, usually pretty good, but I'm going to say overrated because of what it's going to do to you after you eat it. That's the problem. I can't imagine eating that. Uh, Tang just says chicken, just the most properly rated food in the history of food. It's, it is the medium of all food. Like it's just good. You can do a million things with it. It's good for you. It's cheap. Like it's great. Wait, sorry. What was the thing again? Chicken. Just chicken just in general, chicken. yeah. Uh, which is I, like the food. If like all food was on a graph, right? Like on a spectrum, like a big thing. Chicken is literally the dead center of the universe. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty overrated. Like, it's the most consumed meat in the world at this point, um, which I think is ridiculous because it's like you know, it's significantly worse than basically all other meats. Like, what is a meat that is worse than chicken? 
I mean, some people will tell you turkey. Yeah, I know that was the one I, I was thinking of, but I wouldn't. I think turkey is better. Depends. I like ground turkey a lot, but oh, well, like I'll I'll take pork over chicken. I'll take beef over chicken. I'll take lamb over chicken. I'll take goat over chicken. I'll take See, bison I'll that, over chicken. I'm not a big fan of um ham. Most forms of seafood, yeah, that like okay, ham. yeah, that cut. Yeah, I'm also not a ham fan. I I would take yeah. chicken over ham, except for like, don't get me wrong, give me like a croissant ham sandwich at Thanksgiving. You know, talking about like right, just, ex, that's that's right in my wheelhouse. Like, well, like put a little bit of mustard on there, maybe or something. What other like, cuts of the pig are worse? I'll take pork shoulder. I'll take bacon. I'll take yeah. or pork belly. Yeah. I'll sure, take sure, sure. You know, All right, we get it, Ross. We get it. All right, I'll, I'll take beef tongue over chicken. <laughs> sure. Okay. Overrated. All right. Uh, Cathal says Costco's rotisserie chicken. I think rotisserie chicken is one of the most underrated food items in the entire planet because it's a it's like extremely cost effective way to feed your family. I think it's just absurd yeah they're great knowing how to roast a chicken is a is a good skill uh or just you know you can get the rotisserie i've eaten i have bought a rotisserie chicken at a grocery store and just eaten it yeah with my Speaking hands of, yeah rotisserie variants 28 says rotisserie draft of course you have i can see it dripping down your beard <laughs> variants 28 says rotisserie drafts um i don't know if i've ever done one uh they're great they're underrated but you, 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 they're only underrated into the in the effect that like you can't do it endlessly. Yeah. Here's here's the funny thing here. I'm going to give you a little piece of uh, history. Maybe you don't know this, Ross. Do you know why they're called rotisserie drafts? Mm. Roti- the, the st- well, that form of fantasy baseball, they would meet yeah. every week at a rotisserie chicken restaurant to check so, all of the scores and tabulate yeah. everything. So, so this is for everybody at home. This is why they're called rotisserie drafts. Originally, fantasy baseball was put together by like five writers or something back in the day, like X amount of writers. In like 79, I think. Yeah, it was like maybe early 80s, something like that. And so they, you know, they pick their players and they would meet for like a lunch or whatever, like once a week at the local rotisserie chicken place. And they would just put all their stats together. They'd go through the, the pages in the paper, get all the stats, put all the stats together and see how everybody did. Because, you know, like they didn't have personal computers and stuff back then. And so that's where the name like rotisserie draft and stuff came from because rotisserie draft didn't start in um, being called. It didn't start in magic. That was that that is a sports term. So uh, Yeoman five says Costco hot dogs. I think all hot dogs are overrated, but I do think it's pretty cool. If I remember right, Costco has kept the name, the, the price of the hot dog the same for like 30 or 40 years or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. Like the CEO is fanatical about keeping at the same price yeah so there's there's a funny story with this i don't know if you heard me yeah here we go i don't know if you heard me typing because there's a funny story about this and i'm trying to find it because it's true um all right so here we go this is this is hilarious i'm gonna read this real quick all right all right i'm, gonna, I'm just gonna read it. it's a long all right this week a mental fl- uh, mental floss article from 2018 made the rounds of twitter because people were shocked by a particular threat surrounding the price of hot dogs from costco's co-founder during a 2018 luncheon Costco's current CEO, W. Craig, whatever, told the story of when he was COO. He apparently told co-founder and then CEO, Jim, whatever, that they needed to raise the price of the hot dogs because they were losing money by selling the iconic $1.50 hot dog and soda combo. For reference, the price had not been raised in the combo since 1985, and it sounds like Jim was not in favor, and he says, uh, or whoever, and he's like, I came to Jim once and I said, Jim, we can't sell the hot dog for a buck fifty. And he replied, according to the post, with, we are losing our rear ends. And so his response was, if you raise the effing hot dog, I will kill you. Figure it out. He literally threatened to kill him if he changed the price of the hot dog. And this is like a corroborated story. 
This has been a great episode, by the way, Ross. We're talking about like rotisserie baseball yeah, drafts. We're killing people over hot dogs. Yeah, the pe- people, people getting murdered over the price of a hot dog. <laughs> you know. Yeah, new magic. So the next cards. time what you bite into you one want? of those, yeah. So the next time you bite into that dollar fifty hot dogs, uh, hot dog soda combo, just remember <laughs> one man almost lost his life over it to bring you that freedom. So that's that, he's a true patriot, Ross. A true patriot. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> this is Yeoman, thank you for that one. Uh, Joe Mr. English says the idea that a hot dog is a sandwich, and he says in parentheses, it isn't. I hate to break your bubble. A hot dog's a sandwich. Yeah, of course it's a sandwich. It's a piece of meat between two slices of bread that has condiments on it. That well, sounds like I a think their argument is that it's not two slices it's, of it's bread. Two, okay. But that's also so, not necessary. Like, would you call a a hoagie a sandwich of a course bon. isn't isn't a bon mi sometimes one one piece of uh bread? bon mi is on, is on a long french roll yeah yeah bon mi so a, just a, a hoagie a po boy a sub a hero a wedge a grinder there's a lot of different words for him yeah i uh i can see both sides but it's a sandwich yeah cathal says all nighters very 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 overrated Depending on what it is, yeah, overrated. Like, anything to do with school, freaking hated it. I can't tell you how many times I showed up to a final, like, in my, like, in my pajamas. Like, in, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the long pants that you would wear. What do they call it? I'm literally blanking on words right now. And, like, a t-shirt and stuff. And I'd just be like, yeah, I haven't slept yet. Go take my final and then go home. Especially when I had to, like, commute to school. Like, the first college I went to was, like, an hour away. So I would just drive there. And that was awful. Or whatever, but once, like all nighters staying up playing like Halo with the boys, yeah, those were great. I once procrastinated so much that I had to pull back to back all nighters during exam week to write a twenty-five page paper uh, that I had half a semester to work on, and it sounds uh, like me. And then study for and take uh, two other finals, one of which was a take home, and I was so delirious while trying to do it that I just like. I couldn't. It was open book, open notes. It was a number theory exam, and I'm sitting in my dorm trying to do it. And a bunch of friends come over because they're they finished exams. This is Friday of exam week, and they're just hanging out in the front of our dorm room. Um, and after looking at this, you know, thing for an hour, and I'm just I know I know how to do this. Like I was well prepared for the for number theory. Uh, I just like my brain just wasn't working, and I just went over to them, smoked a bowl, went back, crushed it. Nice. But but my uh, I actually got like I I passed out that night because that like after I finished that exam and dropped it off I like got dinner and started packing because my flight was Saturday morning but and I had to be out of the dorms by nine and I think my like uh that's around the time that my shuttle I had scheduled for right and I'm like you know doing some cleaning cleaning stuff and get everything packed. And then the next thing I remember, somebody is knocking on my door and I'm asleep in my bed. And I don't remember anything between that. Sure. sure, like, sure. I like blacked out from from exhaustion. Uh, I'm Rahil respond has one that goes back to a little bit earlier. It says Raisin Canes. Um, I have never been to a Raisin Canes. So I have a very unique perspective on this. Uh, definitely overrated now. I ate at Raisin Canes when there was one. When there's actual singular Raisin Canes. The very first one is on LSU's campus in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I remember because we tried to franchise and they said no. <laughs> so, the trajectory of my life could have been drastically different yeah. or whatever. But uh, I just remember my brother bringing it home from college. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was very, very, very good. Like I just remember being like, this is 
like the best fast food I've ever had in my life and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was insane. Cathal says eating with chopsticks. I think this is extremely underrated. I like eating non chopstick foods, like non Asian foods with chopsticks. Like I think you've heard me talk about this. I like eating pasta with chopsticks, uh, chips with chopsticks, stuff like that. Yeah. love it. I, I, I like, I will eat anything that is sort of like boxy in shape. It can't be too okay. Yeah, it can't be too thin because it, I, I'm not good enough with chopsticks to like slide under something and, and squeeze something that's thin. Um, and it it can't be like too long the other way to where like I can't really fit it into my mouth once I have it grasped the short way. So sure. it has to be relatively cubic or spherical, you know, something that is more regular in shape, as as a geometer would say. I'm just like aghast that you somehow made this about math. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why I should be surprised. All right. Fire drinker. Math Jager is says, everywhere, Tannen. Says cucumber kimchi. So I've never had cucumber I hate cucumbers. Kimchi, but I like kimchi. So kimchi is good. But I hate cucumbers. cucumbers. I don't like pickles and stuff too. So, like, yeah. Um, someone says using cards from other card games as tokens. Uh, I think it's slightly underrated in like when you use it cleverly and like you know you know in a good way but I've, I've seen some people take it a little too far yeah overrated i just want people to use tokens that have the text of the the relevant game text on them and look like the thing they're supposed to be i just use as many you know official watsi tokens or scg tokens as i can um and i just i've not these days i just place a premium on clear and concise communication so I honestly would be behind a rule that required people to have clear tokens with them. Like, not just, oh, you know, this person's player card is this token and this other person is this other token. Or, like, this Pokemon is whatever this token is. Like, no. It should be a token that says construct on it and, like, artifact creature power toughness equal to the number of artifacts you control or treasure token sack out of mana of any color. Um, so let's say, Cathal says avocado. Uh, definitely like underrated, just a great food, especially for someone like me who like needs healthy fats in their diet without eating fatty foods if I can avoid it. So I'm a big fan of it. I think it's overrated though and anything that has to do with prepping it because I just don't buy them because like they're only ripe at like 3.45 a.m. until 3.47 a.m. And if you don't eat it exactly that moment, well, you missed your window. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it is now brown. Um, it is now burning, exactly. I think we've probably reached a point where it might be slightly overrated. I don't know. Like, you don't really see it. A, like, it's, it's obviously ubiquitous now in, uh, you know, Mexican restaurants, whereas, like, 20 years ago, you really didn't see it outside of the West Coast. Sure. Um, but, and, and you see Very it in, like, you know, now, health yeah. food restaurants. People will put, gua- yeah. like, avocado it's and, like, a, a BLT. Food. Yeah, it's um, a superfood now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that term is meaningless, but. Yeah, of course. But you get um, what I'm saying. Like, that's another thing that made it like, yeah, become so it's, popular. It's, it's properly rated, I would say. Like, it's not, it hasn't gotten to the point where people are overusing it, but like, they're using it the amount they should. People, lots of people like it. It's good. It, it, it might be a slight bit overrated in the, in the amount of houses that it's causing people in our generation. So, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, Carter Kelly says, seeing childhood friends again. Um,. It's kind of a high variance thing. Like it can go really it's badly, and it can go high. really, it's really one, well. It's exactly there. There's no in between. There's no like, yeah. eh, that was fine. It was like, dude, that was great. Or what the fuck just happened? 
did they did they just try to recruit me for their cult like that's <laughs> like you know that kind of thing yeah so it's hard to say overrated or underrated because it's really just polarized mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that one's too polarizing to answer um let's see here uh joe mr english says body hair i'm gonna go with overrated um just annoying in a lot of spots we don't yeah. really like need it anymore <laughs> you know like but uh, yeah it's not really necessary obviously yeah. like we shouldn't be forcing people to you know ritualistically shave it off as we do most women especially in the west um i say this as someone who just manscaped today like literally i have no hair on my chest and stuff anymore so <laughs> just for put, at home, did you put a, little, a design little, in it uh no 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 it's just gone like all of it's just gone i'm also yeah. not the hairiest guy but like I did that, and then, like, you know, yeah. So, like, just so everybody at home, so they get a little more glimpse into my life. I was bored today and had time. Yeah. You can't see, but I can see, and I can confirm. <laughs> I just pulled my shirt down. <laughs> Tana didn't show me his chest. Yeah, I did. But, um, someone says, rate, Joe says, rating things overrated or underrated without exceptions or qualifiers? That's just boring. <laughs> yeah. Overrated or underrated? That's just boring. Uh, under, uh, yeah. Without exceptions or qualifiers, yeah. Overrated. There's always going to be exceptions and qualifiers. Sure. Uh, Cathal says combination of apple juice with dark chocolate. Um, I've never had it, but it sounds bad. Yeah, I was going to say, first, gross. (laughs) (laughs) Second, way overrated. One of those is great. One of those is disgusting. Can you tell which one I think is disgusting? Do you not like apple juice? I do not like apple juice. Apple juice, of course, delicious. I like dark chocolate. Yeah, if, if it's oh god, I gotta buy. I'm next week when I go to the grocery store. I'm getting apple cider, and I'm so excited. A- apple cider, I will drink. I will drink a cider. Mostly They're basically the same thing. One is just filtered. Yeah, Rick from BCW. Like I'll drink a cider with him. It's different when I like think I'm getting oh, well, like, hard, hard cider and and yeah, that what I this is what I mean. I will yeah. drink alcoholic. No, like I'm cider. I'm gonna get like a jug of non-alcoholic apple cider, and I'm gonna drink it, and I'm gonna enjoy it. I might reduce some of it and make apple cider donuts. Uh, Cathal says winning, losing quickly, then waiting for the next round. Um, I mean, depends what you're doing. If you're getting food, underrated. If you're, yeah. you know, jamming some love letter or some cribbage, underrated. If you're staring at, you know, against the wall, scrolling Twitter. Yeah, you like travel two hours, rise, don't know bleed. anybody. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah. So I'm right. I'm right there. Right there. That's why it's important to travel to tournaments with friends. (laughs) Joe, Mr. English says minor league baseball. I want to hear you. Underrated. Yeah. After living in Roanoke for six years, I finally started going to some minor league baseball games and it was great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Did Um, you know that there's a player on the Salem Red Sox named Blaze Jordan? I'm sure there's a lot of funny jokes about him smoking. So Blaze Jordan. He's the cleanup header. That's a great baseball name. Yeah. So he is. He immediately became my favorite player on the team. I hope he never leaves. All right. So someone put up this one. I'm going to let you answer the first half of it really fast, and then I'm going to answer the second half of it really fast. Okay. You okay. don't think like if you want to put a little qualifier, you can add in like a center two. But let's do this quickly. This one is a list of NBA players. Okay. Okay. Carmelo Anthony. Overrated. Okay. Richard Jefferson. Underrated. Marcus Smart. Overrated. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you. I'm going to send you. I guess I'll just do this. Uh, MLB players. Brooks Robinson, underrated. Frank Robinson, underrated. Jackie Robinson, underrated. Robin Roberts. Meh? Like, shrug? So, whatever. I don't know. But, like, all these guys, with the era they were in, yeah. I mean, come on. And obviously Jackie Robinson for multiple reasons. 
Um, the song Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel. Ooh, underrated. One of their better songs. Okay. And The Graduate is a great movie. Sure. All right. The song Miss Jackson by Outkast. Underrated. Great song. Well, maybe properly rated because I think everyone knows that song is great. Yeah. Have you ever heard like the acoustic versions of it? The acoustic versions are amazing. They're really, really good. Um, someone says not. <laughs> He's got a couple things. Led Zeppelin. I Here's the thing. I, I just like never properly rated. I've never really like listened to them. Oh, I very much like Led Zeppelin. Underrated. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to realize that they stole all their music, um, but their music is still great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is not looking at your hand preflop. Um, overrated for everyone except Rob Hulsman. Underrated for him because I've never seen him lose. So uh, there's like one specific spot where I think it's it's underrated. You should be looking at your hand every, every single time. But it's really funny. There's a very specific tournament that did very well in. And a bunch of my friends, I had like my back was like specifically to the rail. So they could, they could like see me peeling my cards a lot of times. So I was like trying to hide it. And there's definitely hands where I did not look at my hand. I mean, just like raise. And then like, you know, I'd win the pot. And then like my buddy behind me would be like, hey, what'd you have there? And I was just like, I don't know. Because it was just, it was 100% correct for me to raise in the spot. And I don't want to look at my hand and talk myself out of it by like, you know, seeing a bad hand or something. Anyway, um, let's see here. What's the next one? <laughs> Kyle, this is funny. I know the answer here. Kyle from MTG uh, Sick Breaks says, foils. Overrated. Definitely think they're overrated too, Ross. Playing with them is overrated. Everything else is fine. I, d- I don't want to play with them. Uh, Cathal says, cats. Properly rated? Hmm... Probably yeah. a little underrated. There are people that like really dislike cats for some reason. They, they had a bad experience. Like or, I, yeah. I prefer dogs to cats, but oh, yeah. I like cats. Mm. Cats are, and so like, there's nothing wrong with cats. They're just not as good as dogs. All right, Doctor Unks says grits. Grits. Yeah. Like the food. Yes. Oh, overrated. Grits are disgusting. Uh so. In general, sure. Like, just in general, un- like, overrated. But shrimp and grits, underrated. I'm a big fan of shrimp and grits for some reason. It's like, one of my favorite, like, southern things, but, you know. But like, what if you just took that same, like, you know, good shrimp with the sauce and, like, put it over some rice? Well, that's what I'm saying. I actually want grits and not rice in that spot. That I, I wouldn't just put it over some fucking rice. Even if you wanted to do something like grits, just, like, make, a, like, a polenta cake, right? Where you're like you, you make polenta and then form it into a little disc and fry the edges of it, and you get some texture on it. That would be fine. Uh, God, grits are suck. Padaki says trade deadlines. Um, properly rated. Obviously, like you have to have a trade deadline. Yeah, I have the same same uh thought here. Doctor Unks says peeing in the shower. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say you're gonna say underrated here because I have a feeling you have a lot of like drunken stumbles into the shower. No, I. I I very rarely pee in the shower. Oh, I'm a I'm a shower peer, so just so so everybody at home gets a little more look into my life. I'm just <laughs> like letting everybody know they're gonna peek behind the curtain here, if you know what I mean. Oh, overrated. I I don't know how much. Like obviously, like you know, all of our water gets treated and recycled, and I don't know much about those systems and how much you know peeing in the shower stresses them. Um, you know, if any significant amount. So I don't really have a strong opinion on this either way. I just personally avoid doing it. <clears throat> Nitrogen in beverages like coffee, beer, and soda. Um, 
kind of overrated. I'm usually not a, a huge fan of nitro beers. They can they can be good, um, but it's not something I gravitate towards. You have more experience with this, so I'm just not going to answer this one. And then I want to hear your answer for this, Mikey. Ask uh, Mikey Hopkins. Ask Delver mirrors. Um, I mean, they're pretty good. They're actually, I think they're they might be better now that like they're a little bit less wasteland centric. That was my big issue playing them back in the day, where like there was just too many games where like one person got wastelanded out. Um, yeah, let's just, let's assume it's a average game. It's not the yeah. The one side no, those are, those are great. I love those kinds of games because both players have so many tactical options. Um, and like play draw matter, like play draw matter is not in that like one player is hugely advantaged. It matters in terms of like your approach has to change significantly. So there's a lot of dynamic gameplay in the Delver Mirrors. So at the very least, properly rated, I think people understand that they're they're a fun. Um, so, but maybe even underrated. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm so jaded here. I don't even know if I should answer, but I think that they're some of the best magic that can be played, especially in that format. Is Delver Mirrors between two pilots to know what they're doing? It's going to have some of the most back and forth in that format. You know, one deck's not geared to beat the other one, like, etc. So, um, <laughs> Joe, Mr. English says, those little mirrors people put in their shower because they think it'd be a good idea to shave or worse, trim their beard in the shower. People do that? You've never, you've never seen a shower that has a mirror in it? I have. I think they're extremely overrated. They're not good. Yeah, that sounds awful. Like, why would I, yeah, like, why would I ever use that? Is it supposed to, like, make cleaning up your the hair easy like it just gets I, washed I away in the drain i don't know it's just so you can do everything in the shower i just that's, put the mirror in there so i can watch myself drink my shower beer <laughs> yeah i that sounds that sounds overrated. bad overrated it just sounds bad yeah uh, dr unk says cutting your own hair which our teammate Brendan decandio famously does has been cutting his own hair for a very long time i i did it for several years never done it never will so, uh it's very and, and difficult to the point let's get to the point where i'm just like shaving my head or whatever you know? yeah I, you know, it's it's very difficult to do. <laughs> um, I've I've missed some spots before, quite comically. Um. Um. So, yeah, it's not it's not great in terms of getting a, a reasonable haircut. You're certainly not getting one of those. Um. Mm-hmm. But um. So I'll probably say overrated, but not by a ton. You know, it saves you some money. That's not bad. Concession food at a sporting or magic event. Uh, I'm gonna okay. So most of the time it's overrated, right? Yeah, but so bad. The I will say this: the food this weekend, while it wasn't like great, it was. I've been noticing they've been priced better lately. It was like three or four dollars for a breakfast sandwich, not nine. You know, like what I would usually expect to pay. It's not bad. Something along those lines. You know, so I was like very surprised by the price of the stuff lately. So. Uh, and you know some slightly better options because I usually can't or don't want to eat anything that's offered. So I've eaten a lot of shitty convention center pretzels. Yeah, I don't like pretzels. So neither do I really. But it, <laughs> a lot of the times it's the only thing I can eat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I think that's about enough for this episode. So hopefully we get a little bit more from Brothers War over the next coming weeks. We can talk some more about that, and we can get back on the regular planning of uh, you know trying to get our top eight episodes out and stuff for that. So. Because, like, that's what I was talking about. There's already spoilers for the set. We just apologized for not doing the top eight episode of the last set. So yeah, like, it's this absurd. feels so fast. So, all right, Ross, if people wanted to hear or see more of you, where would they go? Go to my Twitter. I'm at Ross Hunteds. Um, And you'll, you know, be updated on all of the things that will be coming hashtag soon. Yep. 
absolutely. And you can go find me on Twitter under the Tannen Grace. Uh, make sure you check out all that stuff, and we'll see y'all next week.